Welcome in to It's Always Sunny in Cheese Kingdom. I'm Austin. Find me on Twitter at RealBirdLawyer. Here with me, as always, my co-host, Taylor, at Taylor underscore Wit. What's going on, buddy? Still champs. Last I checked. Still the champs. Still will be the champs until that football gets kicked off. I mean, really? You're nah, the whole year. Until, yeah, you're yeah. the champs until the next champion is crowned. So really, we've got... We've got like 360-ish days. I mean, we might have 10 years. Well, that's true. We're brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network at pigskinpodnet. Check out our partners, DraftKings and Underdog Fantasy. If you like our show, and we have a great show for you guys today, please subscribe, leave us a rating, and a five-star review because you got a couple of five-star men on this podcast. We're five-star men. We would appreciate if you five-star men and women left us a five-star rating for our podcast. Uh, this is an important thing. I know because I listen to a lot of other podcasts myself. They're always talking about it. So rate, subscribe, tell a friend, etc. We have a little bit of a different program here today because instead of doing our usual format, we got our guy, Randy Gisarely, on to talk Super Bowl. Joining us now on the show for an episode over a year in the making is the mm-hmm. Ringers, Randy Gisarely. You can find him on Twitter at Gisarely, J-A-Z-A-Y-E-R-L-I. And you can read his latest piece on the Ringer about the Chiefs and their unbelievable late run uh, titled Dynasty or Not, The Chiefs Are Just Getting Started. Randy, you are a champion once again. How does that feel? Um, it feels like Patrick Mahomes is a part of my family now. Like <laughs> I, I feel like I owe him, Like in, I have to include him in my will. Sure. You probably wouldn't be the only one. It's uh, It's been crazy. And I mean, you know, between the Royals in 15 and then Chiefs in 19, Chiefs in 22, we are uh, pretty much championship city in Kansas City lately. It's been a lot of fun. Title town. We are title town. It's, it's a very surreal experience. And it, it's really interesting how emotionally uh, all three of those championships you mentioned feel very different. Yeah. Yes. Um, completely agreed you know, the, the 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 royals championship that was that was my first one i mean i was 10 years old when the royals had won the world series but i really have very few very few memories of th- that experience so mm-hmm. this you know, the royals in 2015 that was the first true sports championship uh, of my lifetime for a team that i actually cared deeply about um and you, you never forget your first but the fact that it was the royals and the fact that it, it, it occurred in a sport where so many people thought it was just impossible that this the game was structurally such that the Royals couldn't win. It wasn't just simply that nobody thought they would. Good point. And that they were the worst team in baseball for the 29 years prior to winning the World Series. Um, but that that was just sort of the way of the world. It it it's very similar to a and also ran in like the English Premier League winning a championship. I mean Leicester, uh Leicester City winning uh, the Premier League a year later is one of the most incredible uh, occurrences in all of sports history because yep. the, the the way soccer is set up um, without revenue sharing and where you know uh, it's it's a hyper capitalist sport you're you're not expected to win like no but no but not even the fans of that team expect a, a second division team to come up and, and win the championship and that's how it felt for the Royals and so the Royals it was an out of body experience it was absolutely um, it was just unmitigated joy, <laughs> but it was, it was fleeting. It was, you know, flags fly forever. And that flag will be above Kauffman stadium until they tear the place down and build the new, the new stadium. Downtown. <laughs> yeah. And four then, years. Then they'll, <laughs> move, yeah, then they'll move yeah. it over there. Right. But the 2015 Royals as a team, as an institution was not something 
that any of us expected to last long. We thought maybe it would last for two more years before everybody hit free agency, but um, yeah. we knew it was, it was a fleeting thing. It was something to hold on to in the moment, but it was not something that was going to last. Um, the the 2019 Chiefs, that we felt was like, it, 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 there was a feeling of just absolute unmitigated joy at winning a Super Bowl, completing the set, now both both teams, both Kansas City teams had won a championship. Um, that it was um, sort of vindication for sticking with the Chiefs for decades of heartbreak mm, and, and yeah. becoming so close. Um, and you know, a, a championship is such a precious thing that so many fan bases may never, and in case of many NFL teams, I have never won. So yeah. that that feeling of just it, it was joy. Um, and that no matter what happened, we, with that team, we knew that team was built to last, that, that, that team was the start of something, but no matter what happened in the future, that, you know, we, you had a championship, you had, you had your name on, on the Vince Lombardi trophy forever. That championship would, would last forever. So everything they came after that was gravy, right? Mm -hmm. That, that was joy. This was this is the difference between joy and contentment, yeah. <laughs> at least for me, yeah. because I mean, you know, when when the Royals won, I played literally every single day on my way to work between the end of the World Series and and, and opening day. I played We Are the Champions <laughs> on, on my on on Spotify with the windows down in the middle of winter, full blast in yeah. Chicago. I didn't care, right? Like it was. Yeah, I had to remind myself every single day that, oh my God, the Royals are champions of the world. And with the Chiefs in 2019, there was a, there was some of that, not as much maybe. Um, you know, the Royals were always first in my heart, but but some of that too. This time, I played it Monday morning, and <laughs> that was it. But yeah, and I I don't want to to minimize like the the meaning of this. Obviously, this the 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 joy that we experienced in uh, three years ago, I, it didn't feel that, but what I felt instead was a vindication. And I guess the best way I would describe it is as a baseball writer, somebody who started doing analytics in the mid nineties, right? We, when we started baseball prospectus, we were not even a, a speck on the radar of baseball. We weren't even a fly on their windshield. Nobody knew who we were. Nobody cared. When people started to take notice of what we were saying about the use of analytics and data, et cetera, the first the, the sports first reaction was to mock us. The media, the the mainstream media, was to mock us. Um, and then it was realizing that we had a following and that we started having some high profile, um, you know, successes, predictions, things like that. Then there then there started to be a bit of a, a battle. They started to uh, uh, take us more seriously and and try to refute us and and rebut us and over the period of many years we went from you know being ignored to being fought to being grudgingly accepted <laughs> to to basically having every single team in the sport you know, have, have an analytics team having former colleagues of mine work for major league organizations and most recently the pinnacle of that being james click my, my former colleague in baseball perspectives being the general manager of the houston astros winning sure. a 2022 world series that 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 feeling of vindication, that feeling of being proven correct about something that was unpopular for so long, 
it's one of the great professional joys of my life mm. but it, it's this feeling of satisfaction that we accomplished something and that we got the world to acknowledge it mm. i felt a little bit of that when the <laughs> chiefs won the world the, the super bowl this year yeah because yeah it wasn't simply that we won it wasn't simply that we won two and so now it's not a fluke it was what was so important about winning this championship was the way it changed the narrative Mm-hmm. It changed the narrative about the Chiefs. It changed the narrative to to my new relative, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> that it, it vindicated something that us Chiefs fans have really kind of known since, you know, at no later than like five games into his career, mm-hmm. which was this, this man is n- not just one of the greatest quarterbacks who ever lived, but was the missing piece the, the, that filled the hole in the heart of the franchise that had everything but him. Yep. And that we were going to do great things together. You know, and the, the very first article I wrote about Patrick Mahomes after the, the Monday night game in Denver, it was just, it was, it was all laid out there. That was like, this guy is going to lead us to the promised land. And it's probably not going to be once. Right. And, so to you know to go into this season with so many doubters and yes you know if you're listening to this podcast i presume you have seen the clips online of you know all, all of the the media pundits who thought the chiefs weren't going to make the sure. playoffs interspersed with people wondering <laughs> after the super bowl what is travis kelsey talking about oh, nobody doubted the chiefs yes many mm-hmm. people doubted the chiefs mm-hmm. um but the point is people did think that Tyreek Hill, taking Tyreek Hill off this team was enough to send them hurtling to, you know, uh, out, out of a 14-team playoff. Um, and then going into the going into the playoffs, and it was it was about, well, if they lose to Joe Burrow, it's, you know, it, it's Burrowhead, and he's the number one quarterback in the sport. All of this nonsense, we don't have to hear about it anymore. Mm. You know, Preach. I really feel like the second championship now, look, there will still be quote unquote doubters, there will still be people who just just to get attention, or have a hot take just to be different, will pick someone other than the Chiefs. And that's that's fine. But sure. this idea that Patrick Mahomes is anything other than the greatest quarterback in the sport today. And you know, I think I think the the the, the GOAT argument is back online. Yep. Like I wrote about it two years ago before the the um they played the Buccaneers in the regular season. So when, this was when you, the, right before you played Tom Brady uh, for the first time when he was a member of the Buccaneers and the, and the Chiefs won that game. Um, that he, that well, Patrick Mahomes was on a goat track and compared to the Michael Jordan. Um, and maybe that was a little premature, especially after Mahomes and the Chiefs lost to Brady and the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Um, and so that kind of went, went on the shelf for a while. Um, but I, I feel like after this game and after the way it went, um, not just winning, but the way the, the Chiefs won and coming back down from 10 points at halftime, something only Tom Brady has ever done mm-hmm. in the sport. Um, you, I feel like you're starting to sense that narrative shift a little and people are at least willing to entertain that one day Patrick Mahomes might actually have a reasonable case for, for GOAT status. So I feel like, you know, I, I think Kelsey himself said, like, the second one means more than the first because it means you're not a fluke, because it means mm-hmm. you're putting yourself in a new, another category yep. for, for Kelsey, for Mahomes, for Andy Reid. Um, 
and there, so there's this very strong sense of satisfaction now that it's not simply oh the chiefs are champions it's that we were right about the chiefs the chiefs were right about themselves yep. and all the haters can go jump in a lake <laughs> we're gonna definitely unpack all of that and <laughs> it and just bask in it and bathe in it and soak it all in but before we get into the capital l sort of legacy conversation i want to take a little bit of a step back because we had we haven't gotten to talk to you about the season and the game yet necessarily so when you look back on this season and this championship and you know i mean obviously you want to look back at the first super bowl probably the defining play there is wasp but you have the run against tennessee and you know andy getting his first gatorade bath on the sideline whatever it is when you look back on this season and this second chiefs championship what's going to be the first thing that you remember about it that jumps out to you about it so on some level i mean the thing that i think is going to stand out the most is just the specter of Patrick Mahomes playing on one leg for pretty much the, you know, 93% of the postseason or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And, you know, him, you know, limping and almost falling down, hand, handing off the ball after uh, the injury, having it re-aggravated, um, you know, right before halftime in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, and there, with this sense in the back of my head is of, you know, I, I, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and I'm still wondering, what could he have done if he had been healthy for the whole, the <laughs> that, whole that first drive against Jacksonville is what exactly. he could have done. He, and yeah. it was, and it was just spectacular. It was amazing. Um, but you know what? That's, that is the hope we have for the, for the, for the future. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm already thinking that's, that's the thing, a uh, thing about being a Chiefs fan now is, you know, you no longer have to think in terms of the season, in terms of game to game. Right. We're looking year to year, <laughs> like the, the entire, uh, you know, work, uh, work of art over the next 10 to 15 years. And I think the Patriots have sort of broken the scale for everybody because before the New, the New England Patriots run, you know, even three championships was in a, in a 10 year span was considered almost unheard of. Only a few teams had done that. Like the, the, they raised the bar of what's possible, but the Patriots are really unique in the, the annals of NFL history. So you can, but at the same time, they've sort of set a model of this is in fact possible. Nobody thought it was possible to be that good for that long. Yeah. But if you get the right quarterback and the right coach, we now know it is possible. Um, so there is that. But in terms of the plays that I'll remember, um, you know, there 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 are the regular season plays, a little flip to Jarek McKinnon. Um, you know, no no look. You know, the sort of you know backyard toss that any of us could make that throw. Right. But none of us could make that throw in an NFL game with three guys about to collide with you and not and and not having looked at the the running back, right? Um, so there's that play. There's the play where he basically planked on the sideline with you know hold held his entire mm, body Seattle. up yep. uh, on on his palm long enough to to tap the pylon with his with the football, um, and then and then corn dog corn dog one and corn dog two because to me. Those plays were a testament to the greatness of Andy Reid and you know Eric Bieniemy and the coaching staff in general. And the thing yeah. that we talked about before the game that gave us hope was that the Chiefs' coaching staff was just far more experienced than the Eagles, and not experienced in a well, we're old and therefore we're set in our ways. One of the things that has always been great about Andy Reid is no matter how old he is, 
he's constantly learning, constantly being creative, constantly trying things he's never tried before, which is hard when you've been doing it now for a quarter century to come up with things that no one's ever seen before. Yep. And and to see that play run once and then they they spam it again and the <laughs> Eagles are completely, you know, unable to adjust to it. Um, as, as much, you know, as, as much as we praise Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs didn't win that game because Patrick Mahomes was better than Jalen Hurts. They won that game because Andy Reid was better than Nick Sirianni. Yeah, yep. that's that. That's a good point. He definitely uh, put him in a clown suit on that one for sure. And I mean, to run it the second time, like if there's a little bit of arrogance there, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I love this. Well, except it was, it was Sky Morgan, right? Like, yeah. right, right. A broken I'm, I'm play. still, I've, I'm still not entirely clear because I, I feel like nobody wants to throw anybody under the bus as to why the formation was incorrect. But is, is am I right in thinking that Sky Moore was supposed to be on the right side? Well, so he looked at Tony to motion Tony over, but Tony was not deep enough to motion. So Tony pointed him over right. to Sky and said, no, you got to have Sky motion. And then, so I do think that they wanted to run the play for Tony again, but they lined up maybe, maybe it was just the alignment vertically between Tony and Sky. I, I, yeah, like you said, they haven't really said, they I'm said we were sure. in the wrong thought, formation. My understanding not. was that Sky was supposed to be on the right side. He lined up wrong, but I, I don't know for yeah. sure. Right. But, right. um, well, but, he ran the corn dog, even though, I mean, if he was on the wrong side, he still motioned, stopped the motion as soon as the ball was hiked and, and did the drag. So, I mean, right. whatever he knew exactly it was, what to do is just yeah. the mirror image of it. But, and, yeah. and I know you guys talked about this on your, on your last show, but um, the fact that Patrick Mahomes had the wherewithal to see the formation, realize it was wrong, <laughs> also realize that it'll still work the way it is to you know, to motion Sky more to go into motion, to do this while the, the the play clock is ticking down under three seconds, while Andy Reid is, you know, feverishly trying to decide whether to call timeout or not. I've right. heard he tried to call timeout. I, yeah. I also think that Matt Nagy uh, realized that it was going to work and was basically yelling at Andy, don't, you know, it's going to work. It's going to work. <laughs> right. Like, it was just chaos. But that Patrick Mahomes realized it pr could just process everything mentally. Um it's just at, at this point, I, I can't say it's incredible because there's literally nothing about Patrick Mahomes that shocks me anymore. No, but it's right. just you know the thing about the thing about Mahomes is you know when he first came into the league and we realized oh wow he's good at everything. It's it's now at the point where he's not just good at everything. He's like elite 99th percentile. Yes, at basically everything. Like what Every is skill. what is the skill he has the least. Like that, he would grade the the worst at. I don't know. It's well, he and... cares too much. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's the job interview, you know. My yes, my it's... my biggest weaknesses that I have. I, no care, I care too much. Or, yeah, I have the, too many strengths. The, the, the Dilbert job interview. Yes, and yes. I work until I I my corpse starts rotting and it stinks yeah. up the office. I, I don't. That's know. his big weakness. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. 
You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. To your point, Randy, we've we've talked about this. I don't know that this is a take that we've we've vocalized on this podcast before, but we've been sort of batting around this idea the last couple of weeks. You know, to me, I was complaining. I, I don't really want to say complaining on our last show about how boring this was in relation to like 2018 and 2019 Mahomes because of of the ankle injury and, and in part because of the way that teams now force him to play. Mm-hmm. But like he's become Tom Brady. Like he's he's like Tom Brady, but Tom Brady that can scramble for 25 yards to get you in field goal range on one ankle, you know, on, on the game winning drive of the Super Bowl. Right. Like he's he's more Tom Brady than Tom Brady. He's more Brett Favre than Brett Favre. He's more Aaron Rodgers than Aaron Rodgers. Like yeah. whatever quarterback you need him to be, he's that. And he's the best better at it version of that. Right. He's yeah. the he's the best version of every quarterback that's ever existed. And he's ours. It, it's it, it's it sounds so arrogant to say this, but like, just look at the results. Yeah, but yeah. Patrick Mahomes can do everything that Tom Brady did. Yep, and he can do more. But yep. he can do like you said. If he has to play like Tom Brady, he can. And I mean, this game was the magnum opus of that, both from the standpoint of of you know Mahomes' skills and also the game plan. Yes. Um, because, I mean, you look at the stats, right? 182 passing yards. And yet the Chiefs won. Jalen Hurts threw for 300 yards yep. and rushed for three touchdowns. Do you guys <laughs> know how many times? Yards. Do you guys know how, how many times in the history of the NFL a quarterback has thrown for 300 yards and rushed for three TDs? Jeez. Uh, I mean, uh, I would say it, certainly three or four. Like, can't be that I, many, right? It can't have happened more than three times. Cam? This was the fourth time in NFL history. Perfect. <laughs> One of the other three was Jalen Hurts this season. <laughs> ah! this season. Oh, that's sure. great. So, so, you know, Jalen Hurts impressed Man, the hell awesome. out of me in this game. I know he's a lot awesome. of people. I, I really, you know, I wasn't sure it was 100% with the shoulder. And, yep. Um, I mean, it, the testament to how great he was was that the Eagles scored 35 points. And afterwards, everyone is praising Spagnolo's game plan. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Spags did a great job. They scored 35 points. That's not normally a, uh, a positive reflection on the defensive coordinator. But, like, mm-hmm. they – he just kept pulling plays out of his butt, both with his legs and with his arm. Uh, you know, you you know the stat went 11 for 18 on third downs, and you know mm-hmm. they converted like four of those on, on fourth down. Um, it, but th- that was just the Eagles were playing really, really well. And and meanwhile, yeah. You know, so if you had told me, oh, yeah, you know, Taylor Hurts 300 <laughs> 300 passing yeah. yards and three rushing TDs, Patrick Mahomes will throw for 182 yards. Yeah, that that doesn't bode well. Yes, Eagles yeah. time of possession two to one. Well, I mean, well that's a, that's one of those things that I love. One of the things I, uh, the fringe benefits of this the Chiefs being t- champions is as just as an analyst, how it knocks down all of these um, absurd yeah. conventional wisdoms that have been around the game. Defense wins championships. Yep, we start with that run. one. Mm-hmm. Defense wins championships. Really. You know, no, <laughs> sometimes anymore. it does, and sometimes offense does. Oh, good mm-hmm. defense will beat a good offense. Sometimes it will, mm-hmm. and sometimes it won't. Um, but the the time of possession canard. It's like yeah, time of possession tells you 
nothing. All right. The Chiefs scored a touchdown in the middle of the Eagles having like a 10 minute run of time of possession, because uh-huh. if you fumble the ball and the other team returns it for a touchdown, technically <laughs> you had, you possessed the ball for that entire time. So sure. It's just one of those absurd stats. Eagles that had a 17 play drive that ended in a field goal. Yes, Maybe their well, worst the offensive play. drive of the game. And you know, so yeah, you're it, right. The, it doesn't matter how many, you know, this oh, 17 play. It doesn't matter if you, if you score a field goal on 17 plays or yeah. three plays, yep. right? At the end of a game of clock management matters fine. In the first and third quarters, it doesn't matter at all. All it means is the other, you know both teams have less combined time yeah. to, to to play the rest of the game. Um, so there's all of that. But the genius of the Chiefs' game plan. So Patrick Mahomes dropped back 31 times in this game, counting his rushes. I'm, I'm taking out the two scrambles. Yeah, uh, not scrambles. The two uh, uh, the kneel downs at the yeah. end. So 31 times. How many times did the Chiefs? gain fewer than three yards on, on a, those 31 on plays. a Mahomes drop back yeah on a Mahomes drop back boy they really didn't have very many negative plays uh, they had an incomplete, zero. Add incomplete pass yeah right. throw away on the on the throw ring away, around the rosy play sure. um, and he had what two incompletions in the first half maybe a uh, couple yeah two a couple I mean so I would say the answer there is two well no he had six incompletions right he was oh, 21 yeah, okay. of 27 oh yeah that's right but aside from the six incompletions, none of, of the of the complete passes, one pass was less. Went, went <laughs> Jude, less than late in the game on the third down, right before yeah. the Bradbury play. That's right. Yep. Every yeah. other play, and then he Sheesh. had four. He had four scrambles. All of them were, I think, one was for four yards or three yards. That was the one he got hurt on. Um, the other ones were all much more than that. But they got at least three yards on every play. <laughs> Uh, McKinnon had four rushes. Sky Moore had a rush. Those five rushes, they had at least three yards on all of those. Yeah. Now, Pacheco actually had, uh, of his 15 carries, I want to say seven or eight of them were for less than three yards. But almost all of those came on first and ten. Mm-hmm. So, here's, so here's another stat. In this game, how many times did the Chiefs face a yard, a yard situation of more than ten? Well, they had the so, third and 15 that he got hurt on. They had the, um, yeah, really deep, deep th- after 10, I would say maybe two or three, like not too many, right? So on that, the, the drive right before halftime. So yeah. that that was the drive where um, Brown they, false started. The, the Brown false a, start on set. So it was like first, it was first and 10, I think incomplete pass, false start. Mm-hmm. And then um it was an incomplete pass, and then he had the three-yard uh, run where he got his ankle hurt. Right, so right, and th- so and then technically the fourth down. So those those three plays, second and fifteen, third and fifteen, fourth and twelve. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, there was, I believe, one play <laughs> uh, in the whole game uh, where the Chiefs had more than ten yards to gain. Man, um, it was a second and thirteen. It was it was right. It was a five yard completion to Juju Smith and uh, Schuster in the second quarter, and then the next play was the the hold that they missed, sure. set it, setting up the drama of the hold that they didn't miss uh, later. More than that, how many times did the Chiefs face a, a, even more than eight yards on on eight yards to go other than first down? So aside from first yeah. and ten, right in the entire game, the Chiefs had one play. <laughs> Where they had nine or ten yards to get on a second or third down. That's Uh, unbelievable staying in front of the sticks. And and that, I mean, it's just like, so they weren't getting a ton of yards. But here, I mean, the 
the, the genius of football is that if, if you can distribute your yes. yardage uh, optimally, like if, mm -hmm. if you can get 2.51 yards <laughs> per play, but yeah. every single play, you You'd will be the be most stopped. unstoppable offense known to man. This so is the why, Philly sneak yeah, offense. This is yeah. why the Eagles yes. have the most terrifying yes. of it. And like, I, I really do think they should ban the tush push, you know, from the sport where you can push the quarterback because, it, 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 you know, look, the game's over. The Eagles, we beat them. Yeah, you know, I'm not really worried about them specifically, but like you can break the sport mm -hmm. if, if, if you're not careful because that play is kind of unstoppable. It's as close and, to guaranteeing two and a half yards as we've ever seen for yeah, sure. Really, and that's how you really break football. It's very close. I mean, if you had a, if, uh, the, the thought experiment uh, at play sometimes, which is if you had a, a let's say a running back who could, you got, He's averaged 1.5 yards per carry, but got 1.5 sure. yards every. It was every a guarantee. You push a button, one and a half yard. Yeah. How how valuable would that player be? Extremely valuable because you're looking at, you know, uh, what's that? Six guaranteed yards. Yeah. At, if you're every... first in goal from the mm -hmm. six, mm -hmm. it's an automatic guaranteed. TD. I mean, that's yep. that the value of that. So, you, like, this is why teams rush the ball even though you know you average four yards maybe per rush whereas pass attempts you might you know average six or seven yeah you still you still need a rushing game because right. four yards is fine if you're getting it every single time your variation is your enemy in in football right if you have a 30 yard pass and three incompletions you got to crap the offense mm -hmm. um even though you're averaging seven seven and a half yards per carry mm -hmm. per, per, per uh per pass attempt so that this game was just fascinating in that the Chiefs were getting three yards, six yards, four yards, just constantly, but was it was relentless. And that the, the use of the running game, you know, if, if that had gone poorly, if the Chiefs came out in the second in, in in the third quarter, mm -hmm. desperately needing to score, because you know, going into halftime, obviously we all felt we all felt bad. We were down ten. Yes. And more importantly, we weren't sure Patrick Mahomes was going to be able to play like it wasn't we were down 10 in the fourth quarter against the, the Niners right I kept telling myself that but seeing you know Patrick put his put his head down on like the trainer's shoulder yeah yeah um I've, tough. I've never been more terrified than than at that moment because I, I don't know what's going on there and how much pain oh. is it. um but coming out once they went down the field and scored immediately a touchdown I felt fine okay like, this is a one score game then, then the the Eagles settle for the, the field at the end of the 17 play drive, and we're getting the ball back, and it's a one score game. And from that point on, I mean, I knew we could lose; it was tense, but there wasn't this sense if if we don't score to start the third quarter and they get the ball back with a 10 point lead with that offense, yeah, they just can grind clock and grind. That would have been terrifying. Um, yep. But that that drive, if I recall, started with like three straight runs. Mm -hmm. Right, they they hit yeah. it. Yeah, it was it run, or yeah, right tackle for seven, right end for two, and then Jerick McKinnon on third and one for fourteen yards. Um, and it was then was eleven yards, four yards, twelve yards. Jerick McKinnon up the middle for seven. Patrick scrambled for fourteen, and then th three yards on first and goal, and then Isaiah Pacheco left tackle for one yard for the touchdown. It was, you know, they were getting just enough yards on the ground to force the Eagles to respect it. And basically, they were running that much in part because the Eagles weren't respecting it, right? They were right. not. They were not right. putting seven and eight in the box. Um, so it was just a coaching clinic, I think, that showed showed off Andy Reid's flexibility because those rushes we were seeing rushing formations we had never seen before. I mean that that um, that third and one, uh, the sweep to uh, 
Pacheco, where where or, Michael oh. Burton Michael Burton was yes. in the game and everyone expected him to get yes. the ball, and we, which we've <laughs> right. seen not work a lot this year. Um, it's like all that all those failures on third and one during the season were were there just to set up <laughs> this you know this terrific play call. Um, it, it was it was just a it was a coaching clinic, but you, you have to have a great coach and you have to have a quarterback and you know an offense that understands how to run that. Um, and I just there there is a sense of pride that the Chiefs didn't just win this game by pure talent, but they really did outcoach, outthink the Eagles. Um, and that's extremely gratifying because it it reflects well on the legacy of everybody, on Mahomes, but also on Andy Reid, whose legacy is probably even more, you know, uh solidified by this game. Um, than Patrick. So, Randy, let's let's talk about let's talk about the legacy conversation. And to kick that off, I want to talk about. I mean, you kind of mentioned it in in your your opening remarks here, just what a second ring meant for the players, and now it's the third ring for the Chiefs as a franchise. So, I I wanted to kind of. Uh, just as an exercise, rank in order of importance the the following three items. Uh, number one is Patrick Mahomes getting his second ring. He becomes the 13th quarterback ever with two or more Super Bowl rings. Uh, Andy Reid getting a second ring, and I I did not pull up how many head coaches, but I think it's it's somewhere in that I neighborhood. I want to say it's 13 as well, actually. Yeah, it, I was going to say it's it's right around the same it's right around the same number. And then the franchise, the Chiefs as a franchise, become the 10th franchise with three or more Super Bowl titles. So uh, that includes, of course, Super Bowl four, which technically was the AFC NFC championship game. But, you know, retroactively a Super Bowl uh, third Super Bowl title for the franchise. So Andy and Pat getting their second rings and the franchise getting their third ring. Just in terms of big picture legacy, where would you rank each of those in, in order of importance? So I, I really do think that the the most important of those is is Andy Reid's second ring. Um, in large part because coach, just to confirm, fourteenth. Okay, so yeah. there were thirteen, right? He's the yes. 14th now. Yeah. In um, large part because I mean I don't know how much longer he's going to be doing this. I mean we all saw the rumors right before the game that he was. Yeah, that's a great point. Might be retiring, which that that that, that was a, another another thing that just added to my stress level before the game. <laughs> was, uh, we're, yeah. we're, what's what's going on here? And, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I mean, yes, he's he's 64, and I want him to enjoy his you know retirement. But he he seemed to be having so much fun, you know, coaching this team and coaching the quarterback he's been waiting his whole life for. Absolutely, um, that that was a little bit of a surprise. And you know, he shot down those rumors after the game. But I don't think um, it was a coincidence that that dropped. Um, there's already talk that you know uh, that now that Matt Nagy's taking over as offensive coordinator, uh, that he might be set up to. Um, to inherit the job from Andy Reid in a couple right. of years, um, which makes me really want to go dig into just what happened in Chicago. Because, um, you know, <laughs> Matt, Matt Nagy may be a great coach. I don't, I don't know. He, did, he certainly doesn't have Andy Reid's um, resume when it comes to taking over as head coach. But living here in Chicago, you know, the fact that he went 11-5 and five with the Bears even once is probably a really good sign. With Mitch? Uh, yeah, with, and, with Mitch. And Trubisky, if not for the double doink, you know. Who that's knows? A, that's a good point. Might so be a maybe, Super I mean, winning quarterback or, or he, coach. He's not. He's not um, uh, thought of like 
too fondly here in Chicago, but I think especially after this past season, um, that maybe people are looking back at him um, a little different. Actually, <laughs> wasn't that twelve bad. and four? Oh, okay, jeez. Yeah, but then he got worse every year after that. So I, I don't yeah. know what that means. But the point being is, you know, I don't know much longer we have this Randy Reed. So and for so long it was, you know, he was the coach. He was he was like a souped up Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah. yeah, so long. He was the you know great regular season coach. Can't win the big one. He was yeah. the winningest coach without a Super Bowl ring prior to right by far. First. And then yep. and then the winningest with only one. And now he's. Yeah. I think he might be the winningest with only two, but that's only because there's only four coaches in, in <laughs> right. NFL history with more he's wins than him. Period. Three wins away from Landry, who had right. two fifty, and Andy's got two forty seven. But Shula's had Shula had three twenty eight, and also only has two rings. So he's still now that he won his second does have a little bit of ways to go, but there are only four coaches with more than two ever. So, I mean, he's already, he's up there. Right. And I, I wrote about this actually. I wrote the, the Andy Reid appreciation column before the Super Bowl. Love that column. Um, and thank you. And, um, you know, I, 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 before I sat down, I don't think I realized just how close he was to, if he wants to, there is, he certainly has the ability, I think, to retire as the winningest NFL coach of all time. I mean, he's yeah. 80 yep. wins or whatever, 81 wins for, away from Shula. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bill Belichick is in between, but I, I don't get the impression Bill Belichick, he might want to stick around just long enough to, to, to break Shula's record. 30 wins away. Right. Yeah. 30 right. wins. But like at the, at their current rate, like Reed is catching up to Belichick by like five wins a season. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Tom Brady's not walking through that door anymore. No. How many um, years do you think Mac Jones takes to win 30 games? I mean, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe seven. <laughs> so, right. So, I mean, and, I look at Shula. And Belichick like, is six years older than yeah, than exactly. too. So he says he's 70 now. Like, I mean, yep, he maybe is. He, I don't know how, how long he can keep doing this. So I don't know how long Reed can, but six years from now, that's, uh, the rate the Chiefs are going, could they win 80 games in six years? Maybe certainly. seven, certainly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, would, if he wants to, he could. But now now I wonder if that's really, if that's not motivating him solely, then maybe it's only a couple more years. So, but the point is, he is now, I, he goes in the span of three years from being, you know, a coach couldn't win the big one to, is he one of the five best coaches in NFL history? And I think, mm-hmm. I think when you consider how much the game has changed over the years and how he has continually stayed in front of, of those the, the changes to the sport um you know starting when you know nobody had heard of the spread offense in the nfl in, in right. 1999 and now you know and that's why this game to me is kind of his magnum opus is that you know 24 years into his career and he just schooled you know a young whippersnapper and nick, nick siriani <laughs> yeah. you know and, and and that's what that's why corn dog is so special because it's like they picked up on you know, this, this this great defense had a flaw and they found it and they exploited it at the perfect moment. And then they did it again. Um, I really and, he's, and they came uh, out, Randy, they came out and ran the ball. Uh, we just talked about that first drive after halftime mm-hmm. down 10 points and yep, they came which, out and they which hammered, he's never, which he's yeah. never done. And right. after 24 years, here, here we are <laughs> he figured it out. <laughs> well, it's like he figured it out. Patrick Mahomes is like fully operational now because you know, he can he can throw the deep bomb or he can throw the check down or he can, you know, hand it off yeah. knowing that if you just get three yards, second and seven, we'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Like the Chiefs now, the offense can do everything. Yeah. And for as long as they can maintain that, um, they, they you know, this is uh, there's just no reason to think this won't be a, a terrifying offense for other teams to face for you know, years to come, not just in terms of number one in the in the NFL and points scored during the season, but like in the playoffs. Yeah. Because so much about the, the the playoffs is just how do you match up with the other team? 
they can go big, they can go small, they can go deep, they can go shallow, they can pass, they can run. Yep. They can do whatever you cannot handle. Well, and I always thought exciting. the conversion rates of, of downs or of drives that convert to first downs, you know, where they've been the five of the top 15 offenses of all time in NFL history have right. been the five Patrick Mahomes offenses. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the conversion rates one where, yeah, even if they don't pile up points per game and, and all the big box score numbers, if you can just go out there and say, this team has an 80% chance of converting every drive into a you know, every set of downs into a first down, that's all you need to win the big games because you're matching up drive by drive with the other team, not necessarily trying to, you know, match them up over the course of a whole season. So that's something where I just feel like Andy and Pat have figured out that if we can just get a first down, just as, as much as you talk about the big plays and all that stuff, the, they are an efficient machine. I mean, they just, they just chew defenses up. It's unbelievable. Well, that's one of the false narratives I think about the, the these chiefs, that, that hopefully this game will help dispel, which is this idea that they are uh, a big play offense. Yeah. You know, there's just this image that people still have in mind of the Chiefs being Patrick running around for 10 seconds and then throwing a deep bomb to Tyreek <laughs> sure. Hill on fourth and nine. Yeah, right. You know, that game you know, against the Ravens, that is not what the Chiefs do. Nope. Right? They, they do, they no. can do it, but that's not what built this Chiefs. Like you said, the fact that they relentlessly just chew up first down after first down at a, at a rate never before seen in NFL history this consistently. That's what the Chiefs are. And I think this game was was brilliant in exposing that. I mean, the second half, touchdown, 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 and then field goal because they didn't want the touchdown. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that's, you know, I, I, I really do hope that, I mean, look, there will always be idiots on TV who will say stuff um, because they're Skip Bayless. But mm-hmm. um, I, I really do think now a second title Having now been to three three Super Bowls in four years, because um, we we you know I, I wrote the article about whether or not the Chiefs are a dynasty, and we I looked at the, a five year span because that's when Patrick Mahomes took over. Five years is a round number, but if you actually just yeah. look at four years, like the first of those five years was one of the the, the two least successful years. Yeah, like right. In a four right. year stretch, how many teams have been to three Super Bowls and won two? That's a very short list. So, and yep. if they go back and you know go to a Super Bowl, win another Super Bowl next year. I mean, if the only team, the only team that would even come close to comparing to that would be the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. in the seventies, winning four Super Bowl, Super Bowl, two years off Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that that's really the only thing that comes close, I and mean, we just we've not seen anything quite like this. And and it's crazy to think that they can could continue to play this well. But I mean, look, you guys know this, and I know this. This was a rebuilding year. This yeah. was a, a year to go with yeah. the rookies, a year yes. to trade Tyreek Hill, a year to get under the salary cap. Like <laughs> this is a year, you know, designed crazy? to make them better next year. Um, and here we are. So that is that is the way I I, I look at the Chiefs now. I, I I don't look at them game to game anymore. I look at them from the grand perspective of how many titles can they win over the next fifteen years, whatever the Patrick Mahomes yeah. era is, and it's it's a straight. It's kind of a strange way to look at sports. It's a, it's a very grandiose humoristic yeah. thing to do it i feel like a yankees fan or, or <laughs> sure. manchester united or something like that but you know i didn't i didn't ask to be given these powers <laughs> but but they're here so i have to pretty use fun. them for it's the benefit of, benefit of humanity or at least for benefit of chief's kingdom so, so we need to recap yeah where where yeah, are we with and, the rank and, there andy <laughs> andy won so andy, andy won and i think patrick too because yeah i i think that you know the 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 most important thing about winning a, a second championship is it brings him one title closer to his third. 
mm-hmm. and the reason why the third will be important because it's one title, <laughs> one, one closer to the fourth. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. Look, it's it's it, again, it's one of these things where it's just speaking the truth sounds so arrogant. But like, if you had to put an over under on how many championships Patrick Mahomes will win now, before this game, I would have said four. Now it's like four and a half. Yeah. You know, like like yep. at this point, if he wins four, is anybody batting an eye? No. If he gets to five, and even if Tom Brady has seven, I think five is the number he needs where you can then make the case that he's the greatest based on all the other ancillary stuff. This, sure. This, just LeBron, LeBron to Jordan. Yeah, Jordan, well, Jordan, to me, it's more like Jordan to Bill Russell. Sure. So Bill yeah. Russell had, what, 11? And Jordan had six, right. but yep. very few people will argue that Bill Russell's 11 count more. Right. Um, some of that's the sport changing, but it's the point is once you, once you reach a certain level of titles like it almost it almost doesn't matter beyond that point if you've if you win five you've proven that you in addition to all your stats you have the winning gene right um and i i think that five is the number where you can at least make that case it'll be it'll be one of those arguments that'll probably linger for the rest of my my natural life with which one's better and that's fine but at least you can have that argument if he gets to five you know what's crazy about five if you think about where he has like 15 more years of playing, he would win three more titles in 15 years. That would get you to five. That seems like a disappointment. <laughs> like three over the next 15 years, we'd be going, man, what happened to those 12 years that he didn't win the Super Bowl? There, there are Broncos fans listening to this right now who are driving <laughs> off the side of the road. Or at least I yeah. hope there are. Sure. Um, Definitely. Uh, look, sorry, that guys. I on LA years. I, I, yeah. I, I don't feel sorry for you. Yes, um, but exactly. yes, it, I mean it's it's crazy, but I, I don't know if I'd call it a disappointment, but it it wouldn't it certainly wouldn't be a surprise. Like if, if I if if I could push a button around and say Patrick Mahomes will win three more and that's it, Ugh. I think yeah. I push it. I, I don't know if I push that it, button, Randy. But uh, it's, it's close. Two, it's I, close. Two I don't. Two yeah, I don't. two definitely not. Two yeah. definitely and not. Crazy that like we're ba- we're, we're yeah. all saying here that. Four and a half is, you know, if four and a half was the over under, we're probably taking the over. Yeah. And over. five, five, by the way, is the second most ever. Right. I, and, and the second most, we're going back 57 Super Bowls. You I know, mean, Montana. Is the second most ever. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. five would be. Oh, would second eclipse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, five, that's the thing. Tom, five would Tom, eclipse Tom Terry Bradshaw changes and, and Montana. The way we perceive what success yeah. means for a quarterback. Because before Tom Brady, three, three Super Bowls, and you were uh, an all time. NFL great quarterback, and and, and now Troy like, <laughs> or your Troy Higgins. boom, sixty six point seven percent now. He's, Troy, he's almost there. Doing the math for you. That's right. Um, so so yeah, it's uh, but I think it's it. We have to we have to keep that in perspective. That even if he doesn't reach Tom Brady, like Tom Brady is so off the map. Like being the having the second most Super Bowl championships of any quarterback in history seems like a greater than 50 50 proposition at this point yeah for really does um but getting this one I, I i do think it also matters just in the sense of he did lose this game to have a losing record in super bowl right right, the, right. The, the, ahead just, of it. It, exactly it would it, it this even if he loses the next one even if he loses two more like once you win two yeah. it's very hard for people to say well you know you 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 can't and hack in it the in the highest pressure mm-hmm. situations. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, Elway lost three, and then when he won two, nobody remembers the fact that he lost his first three Super right. Bowls because he do. won two. <laughs> well, we, of course, we do. <laughs> uh, we won't let anyone forget. It's part it. of our brand for sure. So, well, and I I was gonna say too. I mean, you, you know, it's it's 
after the first year when the Chiefs lost to the Patriots, you heard a lot of, you know, well, Marino got to the big game once and he lost and he never made it back. Rogers. And then, and then after he won the first one, yeah, it Rogers. was a lot of Rogers. You know, Rogers won one. He never Breeze. made it back. Breeze won one. He never made it back. And now, like, <laughs> two, it's like, <laughs> all right, well, he's won two in five years. Mm-hmm. What are you going to say at that point? Right. right. Like, you, Eli you can't. You, right, sure. Eli Manning made it past the first round of the playoffs two times. He <laughs> yeah. happened to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl both of those years. But you really can't – I mean, you can't compare him to Marino. You can't compare him to Aaron Rodgers. You can't compare him to Drew Brees. You really – at this point, you know, guys that win like this at this stage of their careers, they don't stop winning. No. Yeah, I mean, look, two Super Bowl wins and a Super Bowl loss, that is Pete Manning's entire career. Yeah. Yep. yep. That is – the Green Bay Packers under Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers combined. combined. Yeah. Like two, yeah. like we, we, every, you know, Jeez. every football fan looks at the, you know, the, the blessing that the Packers had of, you know, having two generational quarterbacks back to back. They are, you know, the, you know, the, the number one QB number one for, for that team are those two guys for the last 30 years. 1992 is when Brett yep. Favre took over. And all credit to the backers because they traded, I think, a second rounder to get Favre. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers famously sat in the green room for, like, ever waiting for his name to be called, right? So, like, they did the right thing. They, they got Brett Favre, one of the two or three best quarterbacks of his generation. Same thing with Rodgers. And the combined success is what Patrick Mahomes has accomplished in five years. I, I There's... I, I, I There's... Very little Patrick Mahomes could do to really tarnish his legacy at this point. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm not. I don't want to tempt fate, but I could just, you know, even if he, even if he doesn't win another Super Bowl, um, I, I think his place among the five best quarterbacks of all time is almost assured. I mean, assuming you know, health permitting, assuming something horrible doesn't go wrong. So you say five, but obviously the the scuttlebutt the talk is the Mount Rushmore right that's what everybody always wants to know who's on the quarterback Mount Rushmore blah 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 and before this year I think most national conversations would have felt like it was pretty blasphemous to even mention Mahomes in the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks but I've already seen FS1 speak and a couple other national big time conversations about does this second ring put Patrick Mahomes anywhere close to or in the Mount Rushmore. Now, I I don't know if you have a personal Mount Rushmore or if that's something that you've put a lot of time and thought into, but you know, when we look at multiple Super Bowl MVPs and multiple MVPs, there's four guys, and it's Brady, it's Manning, it's Montana, and it's Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Is that a good barometer for a Mount Rushmore or where do you fall on like the top 4 of all time as it stands right now? I think yeah, I mean, I, I this is part of the you know, the vindication satisfaction of this of this season and this championship was that, you know, you you and I, we, we all knew that Patrick Mahomes deserved his place on on Mount Rushmore before the season began. That was yep. just like inevitable that he was getting there, and people just didn't want to sort of acknowledge what they were seeing before their eyes, which is a quarterback playing at a level that we've really never seen before. And even after four or five years deserves to be in that conversation. And it is, it is very satisfying that especially after this game um, and that, you know, playing through the, this injury, like that's the other thing It's like, we, we saw, 
you know, we talked about all, all the skills that he plays at an elite level. Playing through injury. We, we know he was tough. We, we've seen him come back quickly from the dislocated kneecap. But to, like, play on a sprained ankle, badly sprained, high sprained ankle. Not yeah. low sprained, high sprained ankle. Yeah. And win a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, you know, and be like, the okay. reason they won, not a Peyton yeah. Manning Super Bowl win. Yeah, exactly. But like an actual the reason that the team won. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, all of that is extremely satisfying because yes, I mean, I think now if if, if you say he belongs to the Mount Rushmore, you, you might get a debate, but it's certainly um, it's it, it's not an unreasonable uh, argument to make at all. And I, I personally, I mean, right now, if it's it's Brady, um, it's Montana. Mm-hmm. It's probably Manning, I think, and then Mahomes, and I put Marino that's probably the list fifth. I've got too. Yep. Yeah, right. the Manning, the Manning one is interesting to me, and I, I think that's the one that you can Manning won seven MVPs, right? I think that's yep. like where he because you can, I mean, you've already said it, Randy. Like, I think you could make the argument right now that Patrick Mahomes' postseason career exceeds what Pete Manning's postseason career was. I mean, his, right. his... Well, that's the, that is Manning's sort of Achilles heel. And right, it's right. funny because like, you know, his last, his final season where he was horrible, but he was carried by the number one defense. Yeah. And, uh, in, 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 you know, so he won his life, but going into his final season, he had a losing record in the playoffs and then he won a Super Bowl and he finished 14 and 13. Mm. Um, but you know, and uh, wins is not the best way to evaluate any, any player. It's a team sport, but like, you know, in, in the regular season, he averaged about 7.2, uh, adjusted net yards per attempt, which is my favorite stat to like, just look at a quarterback as a passer, you yeah. factor in touchdowns, factor in interceptions. You also factor in sacks, which is something people, a lot of people don't do. And Peyton was excellent at avoiding sacks throughout his career. So he averaged 7.2, which is excellent for a career. Um, but in the playoffs, he averaged 6.3. He was not the same guy in the playoffs. No. Um, I'm actually looking up here. Montana was, you know, was well, that was one of the things that made him great. He averaged 6.6 during the regular season, which in the context of his era was just as good as Manning, probably. Incredible. Right? Sure. Um, Incredible. And he was actually better. He averaged 7.0 uh, exactly in the playoffs. 16 and 7. His record, 45 touchdowns, 21 TDs. Um, and then... Brady, Brady's always been a weird case because he was a game manager when he won three Super Bowls, right? And then, yeah. and then turned into the best player and spanned a couple of eras. That Tom Brady, he, yes, he, did. he did drop those seven oh six down to six forty two yeah. in the playoffs, right. so he did exactly. get slightly worse. Right, he was now, a little Patrick, bit better than Peyton, but then then there's Patrick. There, then there's Patrick, <laughs> who you know, regular season eight point oh five, which is just right right there, and he's the greatest regular season quarterback statistically uh, who has ever played. And then 7.7 in the playoffs, uh, also the greatest postseason quarterback um, that we've ever seen that, that played, I think, I think 12 or more starts. Um, and the high, highest winning percent. That's the thing. It's He has the stats when you just look at what a quarterback controls. And then he also has the wins. Yeah. And, you know, I, I my analytical roots in baseball, certainly baseball is a sport where, you know, greatness as a player does not translate into success as a team. There's so many people that are, you know, you have 25 man rosters and nine guys in a lineup, et cetera. So, you know, you can be Mike Trout, the greatest player of your generation and never win a postseason game. Thank you. 2014 Kansas city Royals. That's right. Um, you know, you can be Ted Williams, never win a world series. Barry Bonds, never win a world series. Um, football, certainly the quarterback has more impact than any player can in baseball, but 
Um, we, I, you know, we have to be careful about putting too much emphasis on that. I mean, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl, sure. went to one, um, but were the Dolphins just completely, you know, mismanaged during his time there? I, I think there's some of that. Um, but you watch enough playoff games, right? And and great quarterbacks, and man, it certainly does feel like certain quarterbacks are able to control the flow. Of a, of a playoff game, not panic when they get back to get down. Like it's not a, it's not a coincidence that Tom Brady's the quarterback who came back from down 28 to three in the sure. Super Bowl. Like I just feel, whereas Peyton Manning, you know, with a couple of exceptions, there were times where he could be neutralized in a playoff situation. And some of that was, I, I think defensive scheming when you have a week or two weeks in a Super Bowl to scheme for a specific team and and you know you're going to play them maybe a month or two in advance you're playing them in a playoff game that maybe he was more susceptible to defenses changing the way that they um that they played him um he wasn't as adaptable as maybe a Tom Brady I don't know but I just feel like the certain quarterbacks have that ability to play you know better in more meaningful situations or more higher pressure situations. The thing about Patrick Mahomes is even in the regular season, he plays better on third down. He plays yep. better when behind, yep. right? He breaks the scales for things that quarterbacks are not supposed to do when it's an obvious passing down, right? When like the odds of a, a pass are 70% or more. So, you know, you know, the defense is set up for the pass. He gets better. Yeah. Every yeah, they know what he's going to do. Every That's other crazy. quarterback in the history of the freaking sport gets worse. Yeah. He gets better. Yeah. And then, crazy. so then, yes, in the playoffs, yeah, he comes back down from 24 nothing by halftime. He comes back from <laughs> 10 points down in the fourth quarter of one Super Bowl and then comes back from 10 points down at halftime in another Super Bowl. And it's only been done by like twice in, in the history of the sport by everybody else combined after halftime. Um, so, Isn't it Mahomes two, Brady two, everyone else zero? I believe I think that's what the number is. Well, no, I second think, half ten point comebacks. Uh, I thought in the Super Bowl. I thought second point, uh, second half. I thought it was only Brady only one. I thought the, the twenty eight to three is the only second half um, in the Super Bowl. Uh, the count, Seattle game, the one where Seattle threw at the goal line, they were, were down they 10 down ten two. Yep. Maybe it was yep. okay. So I know in the Brady first two, half, Mahomes two, everyone else zero. Yeah, maybe okay. I know in the first half, like Doug Williams did it, but it was like they were down ten nothing in the second quarter, and they were uh, right. thirty five to ten by halftime. So like <laughs> right. specifically, second point, second half, um, double digits. But yeah, I mean. The, that's what we're talking about. It's Brady, it's Mahomes, and there's nobody else that comes <laughs> close. Um, and on some level, I almost am thankful now that Brady has had the, the longevity that he's had, the second win that goes, you know, from three Super Bowls to seven Super Bowl wins after the age of 36, because yeah. it does, you know, it, it 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 does give Patrick sort of an incentive to stick around as long as he can to 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 match that legacy. And we may be the beneficiaries of that in 10 or 12 years. Um, but yeah, his legacy now I think is very secure. Um, yeah. And then you mentioned the chiefs, the chiefs, I mean, the chiefs winning a third. That's mm -hmm. awesome because we, now we no longer have to look up at the Broncos and the Raiders and that's big the one. looking, looking forward to passing them hopefully in the not too distant future. That's right. It's um, coming. But it's it's weird because like you know the first one was fifty years ago like it's it's kind of hard to look at franchises, uh, you know what the Chiefs did in nineteen sixty nine and compare them to today. But um, certainly the the Broncos' success that's more real to me. The Raiders, I, I I think my first Super Bowl memory I ever have was the, the their last Super Bowl win. They won all 84. three of theirs in like an eight year span. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but you know haven't won since. So that's why you know the bitterness is more toward the, the Broncos. So catching the Broncos that means a lot. Mm, it totally does. So, Randy, I want to give a little bit of shine here to 
I don't want to say unsung heroes because we talk about them plenty, but obviously, you know, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, those guys are all first ballot Hall of Famers. We know that they will all have their names in the Ring of Honor, you know, jerseys retired, numbers retired, Chiefs Hall Whatever of Whatever honors we can give them, they'll get. The Hall of yeah. Famers, all of that, all of that. So I want to I want to look at some of the guys that have been a part of these Super Bowl seasons. And there actually are several guys that have been a part of all three Super Bowl seasons, including the loss, besides Mahomes and Kelsey. And I, I this is a long list, so I want to kind of just focus on a couple of guys. But just to, for the sake of completeness here, these are the guys that have been on all three rosters, whether they played in the actual Super Bowl or not. You've got Andrew Wiley, Derek Nottie, Juan Thornhill, McCole Hardman, Nick Allegretti, Blake Bell, Colin Saunders, James Winchester. Can't forget the long snapper. <laughs> nope. And then you've got these three guys, and I kind of want to play this game with you. Uh, whether this is a guy that signs a one-day contract to retire chief. So, you know, that's that's kind of the lowest level honor as a franchise that you can bestow, right? And sometimes it's a gateway to a bigger honor, right? Like, you know, Jamal Charles, he's going in the, the ring of honor, right? Like, he signed his one-day contract to retire with the Chiefs. It's coming, okay? But, uh, you know... Dwayne Bow. Yeah, right. Dwayne Bow. Uh, you know, we're getting, we're getting into a little bit uh, if your territory there. Uh, so, number one... Is he going to be a guy that just, you know, signs a one day contract to retire chief number two, a guy that does get his name in the ring of honor. And then number three was sort of the ultimate honor NFL hall of famer. I'm, I'm not saying that any of these guys are necessarily in this category, but I think the conversation gets interesting with these last three names. You've got Frank Clark, you've got Harrison Bucker, and you've got Chris Jones. So I just want to kind of shine the light on, you know, these guys that have been a part of, and, you know, I you know, obviously, um, when you were experiencing the Royals run, you went and made a list of all the moments, mm-hmm. right? All the memorable moments for those two championship runs for the Royals. And it was fleeting, but obviously there are some of those moments that despite those, I mean, total role players, the Christian colognes of the world, right? Like making these plays that we will remember forever. And I think it's interesting that the point of this conversation that I'm really trying to generate is, you know, like, how are we going to remember some of these guys that have been such a key part of these championship runs? So, I mean, Chris Jones to me is the easy one. I really, I mean, I, I think, I think he's going to be a hall of famer. I, I think he is too. I yep, really, I, I mean, uh, you know, he's the best defensive tackle in the sport. The first guy who could say that who's not named Aaron Donald in like a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's 28, which I mean, it's not young, but it's not terribly old for, no. def- I mean, Aaron Donald's what, 32 or 33 yeah. and, you know, was a little bit injured this year, but like, I, I have every uh, expectation that he can continue to play at a very, very high level for at least another three or four years. It's the, there is the question would be, is, is he going to do that as the chief? Like if they're sure. willing to trade Tyreek Hill, they're willing to trade Chris Jones. And mm-hmm. after this past off season, I'm, prepared to give Brett Veach a pass for almost anything he does. Like I, I would hate to lose Chris Jones, but um, if they do and they get a ton of draft picks and, you know, open up that cap space, like I, they'll, they'll find a way to make it work. I think Chris Jones is more important to the defense than Tyreek was to the offense. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, you know, even if they do trade him at this point, he's in the ring of honor. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I, I think he's, he's gotten that part. And then whether he's with the chiefs or not, I think if he continues to play, well, he he's going to go to Hall of Fame in large part because yeah, he anchored two Super Bowl champions' defense, um, and you know, 
he 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 finally you know finally got the 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 sack uh, the sack zero off his off his off his back, but yeah. did it like in the most crucial way possible. I mean, he just <laughs> absolutely dominated like that Bengals game. Um, that's going to be on his Hall you know, Hall of Fame highlight reel. One hundred percent. And even in the Super Bowl, like, yes, yeah, I, I really feel like as a defensive tackle, evaluating guys solely by sacks, like it's a miracle to me that he has as many sacks as he has as an interior lineman. Yeah, because there are so many other things that he does to disrupt games. And I mean, you go back to the first Super Bowl and, you know, getting his hand in Jimmy Garoppolo's face and forcing the first uh, interception, I believe. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in this game here, the the the, the fumble return for a touchdown uh, occurs because Jalen Hurts, you know, is thinking of running with the ball and, and, and Nick Bolton was right there. Well, Nick Bolton was right in his face because they were double teaming Chris Jones. Yep. Like, if you look at that play, two guys are on Chris Jones and Nick Bolton is like, you know, Thank you. It's like, I'm I'm waiting for you, Jalen. And Jalen uh-huh. panics and you start scrambling to his right and changes where, you know, the army's got the ball in and boom, it's a, you know, seven points the other way. So um, he has such an impact on the game. So Chris Jones, to me, that's easy. Uh, Frank Clark is interesting. Um, you know, I, I certainly think we, we set up before this playoff run began that, you know, if the, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, it's going to affect the way that the fans, that the organization looks at his tenure in Kansas 100%. City how more than almost any other player. Like, like, you know, even a year ago, it was like, eh, should we have really, like, yeah, that that was a really we ready to run him out of town. Picks and a lot of money. Yeah, we won a Super Bowl with him. He played great. And like, I, it wasn't a complete failure. We, we did win a Super Bowl with him. But, um, and I'll give the Chiefs a ton of credit because, like, people are ready to run him out of town. And the emotionally, the emotional decision would have been to, like, cut bait and we're done. Thank you, sir. You know, out of town, but understanding the salary cap implications of, you know, cutting him, the the, the, the amount of the hit on the salary cap was such that they could find a way to bring him back and the actual increase, like he, he costs a lot on the salary cap, but relative to just cutting him, it was only a couple million more. And that the Chiefs made the non-emotional decision that whatever we think of his performance, <laughs> that the additional cost of bringing him back for one more year if we can get him to agree to this contract, you know, it's, it's, it's actually a very small additional impact and it's, it's going to hurt us more than trying to replace him on, you know, the free agent market. And instead working with him to bring him back, making it clear to him that, you know, he was not up to, he was not playing up to standards, motivating him to, to do better. He took it to heart, had a decent year in the regular season. And again, a you know, I, I think was a little bit better in the playoffs. Certainly wasn't any worse in the playoffs than it was during the regular season. Yeah. Which is saying something against playoff competition. Yep. Um, had, you know, so a key sack in, against the Bengals. I, I think he had one and a half sacks or one and a half. Yep. Split one, one with Willie and then got yeah. one himself. Yep. Um, he, he played well. He, he, he did what he was supposed to do. He wasn't a 20 million a year kind of guy, but like, you know, an 8 million a year player. Absolutely. Um, whether or not so so whether or not he gets into the ring of honor, I think if he leaves after this year, four years, that seems like a little, a little too short of a uh, tenure right. with, the, with sure. the Chiefs to warrant that. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with him now that you know the salary cap implications are, are such that they can probably get rid of him fairly easily. Um, but they may want to bring him back. He may want to come back. Um, so that one I think is remains to be seen. And then for Butker. You know, Butker had a had a, a, a bad year statistically, but again, he was hurt the whole year. And the reality is, when he lined up for that final kick, even after having dwinked one earlier in the game, 
like when he he's not perfect, he misses, but when he misses, I know it's not because the moment was too big for him. Does that make sense? Like, Absolutely. You, you I know, mean, he hit yeah. the game tire in the 13 seconds game. He hit the AFC championship winner. I mean, he's a clutch kicker. Absolutely. There's a there's a mini Adam Vinatieri vibe there, right? He's sure, not yeah. Adam Vinatieri, but like, yeah, he is. You know, he has come through when the Chiefs in a playoff game in the final minutes. This was, I think, this one was it. Oh, fine, it was a layup. It was a 27 yard or whatever, but still, it was the second time it's this Super playoff Bowl winner. The fifth time, mm-hmm. the fifth time in his career that he had to make a field goal in the final seconds of a game. He's made all five of them. Yeah. Um, at some point, like you talk about moments, those are some of the biggest moments in Chiefs history. Um, and I think they would be inclined to bring him back because I think they know that he was just not right after injuring himself on that horrible turf in Arizona. Oh, the, what a horrible turf. Horrible turf, turf number one in Arizona, yes, not horrible right. turf number two. Right. <laughs> Thankfully, nobody got hurt on it. They were just too busy slipping and sliding. Right, yeah. Um, and um, how old is he? He's only 27? Jeez. Yeah. He's younger than I thought. So, yeah. He's I mean, got a hell of a leg. I mean, he's a he's probably the second best kicker in the NFL behind Tucker. I mean, he's yeah, I mean, that's he's what awesome. we thought right. before the if year, right. before, you know, yep. when he came into the year with like a 90% lifetime mm-hmm. field goal percentage, and he, then he was at 75 this year. But if you believe that, you know, there are two things that I think were a fluke this year on the, on the, on the down slope, and that was Harrison Butker kicking and Dave Tobes coaching. Yeah. And sure. both of those, I think, were kind of vindicated, vindicated. at least a little bit. Uh, yeah. Tobes, certainly, with, you know, punt returns and back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I tweeted uh, after one of their horrible – special teams play during the season that like the Chiefs would be better off if they just never, never try to kick a field goal. They always went for it on fourth down and just let every punt return fall. And that was like one of the dumbest tweets I've I, I've had all year, and like two thousand people liked it. So all right, of you, emotionally, like you, you were right there with all you, all in, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But it's just how how yeah. gratifying was it that like they won? And the, that was the thing. I, I still believe Dave could coach. It was just a, a bunch of a little things. Guy Moore not really, you know, having the experience it, yeah. to to be a punt returner, and yeah. so many rookies on special teams. And then in in the playoffs, it all came together, and Sky Moore. Won, won a playoff game with you know with a last minute punt and then Kadarius Tony the longest punt return in NFL Super Bowl history, mm-hmm. um, very very gratifying. So um, I think Butker if they if choose to keep him around, I mean Bel Belichick, you know Adam Vinatieri got expensive. He's like, see ya, we'll bring in <laughs> we'll bring in Guskowski and you know there's there was no sentiment. Um, but right now, I, I unless the money is exorbitant, like I just as Chiefs fans. We have been so scarred by field goal kickers over the years no kidding. that, like, I don't see a reason <laughs> to tempt fate again. <laughs> Let's stick with this guy for now. Um, you know, if he has another disappointing year next year, it's one thing, but I, I feel like he's going to be the kicker next year. And so, yeah, I definitely see him being a Ring of Honor guy. NFL yeah. Hall of Fame. I mean, there's how many kickers are in there? There's Jan Stenerud he's, somehow. He's got a ways to go. He's yeah. got yeah. a ways to go. And Vinatieri. I don't know if Vinatieri is he in. He should. Be, uh, he think. will be if he's. Yes. I don't know if he even retired. But, five oh years yeah, he, he, he retired that white beard with the. Colts he retired forever. after the. He retired with Andrew Luck. Right. That was his. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Forty seven. He, he missed. Yeah. He missed two kicks in that game. He missed yes. an extra point and a field goal against us in Andrew yeah. Luck's game. Oh, that's Patrick, right. Patrick Mahomes' first playoff game. That's yeah, right. That's, that's that was when we knew that something that the Patrick Mahomes the, the kicking curse he had even yeah, was the right, other team. Exactly. Vinatieri was missing like gimmies. Yes. Um, but yes. So yeah, he's not eligible yet. But he'll go in. But like, he it, yeah. There's yeah, he like, should be in next year. I think there's yeah. going to be like two or three. So I don't think Buckers. You know, Justin Tucker. Yes, he'll be in the Hall of Fame one day. Mm-hmm. Harrison Bucker, no. Uh, but Ring of Honor. I, I think if he wants to stay a Chief, he will for a long time, and, and I think he'll get there. 
solid. So we'll get you out of here with this. Super appreciate your time. Obviously, this is a blast. Um, we're thinking about statues, right? Because mm-hmm. these guys are, they are statue worthy. And specifically, the two biggest pillars of this thing, Patrick and Andy. Um, I don't know if if creatively, if you've got, like, if you just closed your eyes and imagined a Patrick Mahomes statue outside of Arrowhead, do you have a pose yet? Have we not seen it yet, maybe? Or is there, like, a a moment from one of those games that you feel like, or even outside of a game, that you just think, like, this would be a an iconic Patrick Mahomes statue? And then same question for Andy. Well, you know, I've, I've given the... the question of statues uh, adorning uh the truman sports complex quite a, quite a lot of thought ever since yeah. uh a, a quite a, ever since alex gordon yes uh, hit a home run uh to win, win the first game of the world series literally just got and, chills right now <laughs> i mean I, yeah from the from the moment that the, the royals actually won the world series that people have taken that that iconic pose of him rounding first base with one finger up mm-hmm. in the air and just be like, this is the statue that will one day adorn the stadium. And then he, he yeah. re-signed with the team and like <laughs> the Chiefs haven't made any, or the Royals haven't made any announcements about a statue. But like at this point, if, if he doesn't get a statue or if he gets a statue, that's any other pose than that. <laughs> sure. The fans, right. We're I building mean, it. We're yeah, building it ourselves. Exactly. We will, yeah. it will be made one way or the other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it is, it's a good question. The Andy Reid thing, I just, the image is, is him headset on, uh, his, you know, his little uh, play sheet in front of him, mm-hmm. looking, looking down at the play sheet. Um, mm-hmm. That's just the image I always have of him. You know, him co- concocting some magical, wizardry, you know, yeah. wizard wizardry play. Exactly, calling calling something off a play sheet that completely catches the other team off guard. I think that that feels very appropriate for him. I like Andy uh, signaling for going for the extra point for one. He holds oh, the one finger good. up on yeah. every touchdown. I just, I, whenever I think of Andy during a game, that's what I think of. Yeah, I think, feel like we already have the one finger in the air. We do with that, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, so, right. I, yeah. We'll stick with this one for Andy. With, yeah. with Patrick, uh, the answer I have is uh, the, what excites me is I don't think we've seen the throw yet. Mm-hmm. And to me, I mean, it's if, if in a different circumstance, the, 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 Sidearm, side sideways, uh, throw against the Bucks in the. Uh, Super Bowl. I mean, that yeah, would have been a killer statue. It's the great. It is still I consider the greatest throw in NFL history. And I remember, I think it's Danny Heifetz at the Ringer uh-huh. who has made this case. And I, I'm like mad at him because I'm like I, I want to be the only one with this hot take. But it's <laughs> not even Chiefs fan. He's like, it's the greatest throw, and it was incomplete because it yeah. bounced off of freaking Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams face mask. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still incomprehensible. That uh, that that to me that's when I, I say forget about the stats. Watch this guy play. Watch right. that play in a losing <laughs> effort, and tell me how this isn't the greatest quarterback who ever lived. Yeah. Every every weakness you claim this guy had, yeah, it's a throw that nobody else should make because nobody else can make it. He made it perfectly in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl. His team was losing. But because of obviously it was incomplete. Like I, I don't know that you, the, the image that the, the photograph of him making that throw. It's almost like a, uh, to me it is an image of like, it, it, it's like um, William Wallace in Braveheart. It's like even if you're gonna sure. die, yeah. die nobly. Like That's you good. know what I mean. It's like yes. freedom, even yes. even at the cost of everything. It's <laughs> losing in a valiant effort. That's what that that is what that is. It's the William Wallace pose. Now I'm gonna um, imagine Pat doing that throw with the Braveheart face paint on. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, that's what it is, right? It, it definitely is an iconic, uh, you know, I, I, iconic throw, iconic pose. Um, 
and I would love to see it recreated in some way, but I don't know if that's what you want as the statue outside of a stadium is a throw mm-hmm. made that was incomplete in the losing Super Bowl. Um, yeah. So right now, I mean, I, I think it would be very cheeky to do the left-handed pass just yeah. off the Broncos. Yeah, um, that would be, that would be, be It's iconic. Be Everyone would it, know right away. Right. It's amazingly, has he, I want to say, did he throw, he had one left-handed throw this year maybe? I feel no, like he had another one, but it was like it was like a two-year. It was it was not a it was not an, an impactful play. Like that was a third down. Boy, a, I guess I don't remember. I left feel like it was early this year. Yeah, uh, exactly. I say it was in like week three or week four. I, I do remember what you're talking about. Because I, mean, I remember it was the first time he had done out. that since since the Broncos. Yeah, it had been. Yeah. Yeah, the I'm first still time. I'm waiting for him to do one, one yeah. behind the back. I still think he's got that. Is oh yeah, that could he be says he practices yeah. it every day. I've, and... I mean, we've seen him hit the crossbar on purpose mm-hmm. from like 20 mm-hmm. yards out in practice. You know he will. It's it's there. Like I want to see it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think the most iconic. I mean, to me, it's 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 still wasp. I mean, wasp yeah. to me is still the most important play. Uh, yes. of the entire era. Yeah. People talk about the, the his scramble uh in, in this game and the, the scramble's amazing and on the one ankle and uh, that wonderful, but it was like it was like first and ten. Yeah. It, it was, was a tie yeah. game. Yeah. Right. right. If it does if it doesn't like the way you look at the impact of the game of the play is if it didn't happen, how would that affect the Chiefs? Well, okay, if if, if he throws it away at second and ten, tie game, you're still marching down the field. Mm-hmm. If Wasp is incomplete, it's fourth and fifteen it's like what it was like eight minutes left and they're down 10. I, yep. I don't, maybe they go for it. Maybe they punt it away. I don't even know what they do. Oof. The hopelessness before that play, right after they had ruled a, yeah, the, right. the completion the, the, to Tyreek on the previous play yep. uh, incomplete. It, I, I didn't really have time to contemplate it, but uh, that was as close as the Chiefs came to losing in either of the Super Bowl runs, really. Um, yeah. So to me, that is still the iconic play. So you have that with like, was it was it Joey Bosa? Nick, one of the Bosa brothers in his face, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, fourteen yards back from the line of scrimmage or whatever. Like to me, right now, that's the throw. But I, uh, you know, we have to remind ourselves: Patrick Mahomes is probably not even a third of the way through his career. Mm, right. Um, so I'm still very hopeful that the, at some point in one of these playoff runs, hopefully on the way to another Super Bowl championship, Patrick will make a throw. And the three of us will collectively say to each other, that's, that's, that's the, statue. the statue. That's, that's it. Um, we, we haven't had it yet. Um, and it's just one more delightful thing to look forward to uh, as a Chiefs fan. Because that's what makes this so special is all the success, all the joy we've had these last five years. And yet we still have this very reasonable expectation that the best is yet to come. Well, Randy, speaking of joyful things that we look forward to we look forward to the next playoff run so that we can recap all the magic with you super appreciate your time during these playoffs and uh you know austin and i when we started the pod we called it it's always sunny in chief's kingdom because it was named after our favorite show it's always sunny in philadelphia but i don't think we realized how quite how prescient we were being by saying it's always sunny in chief's kingdom but man uh what a run we've been on can't wait to uh keep recapping this with you for uh for the foreseeable future I look forward to it, my friends. We'll uh, hopefully do this again next January.